This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. You're listening to Betting Weekly Game Bet Match on the Bet Rivers Network. Hello and welcome to Thursday's edition of Game Bet Match, the ATP tennis podcast brought to you in association with Bet Rivers, your hometown sportsbook. I'm Nigel Sigley, and joining me as always is the senior t- ATP Tour tennis handicapper for Bet Rivers, it's Sean Calvert. Now, Sean, we haven't had the yes. best of weeks. We've had a brilliant, brilliant six months or so, or oh, more longer than that now, a year or so on our picks. But yeah. started, so this year, we. but I'll tell you what, how unlucky have we been on our selections? And I mean, really, really unlucky. I never moan about losing selections or we never go too big about winning selections. But the luck well, has not been on our side this week. No, I mean, we beat we beat the Lions, didn't we, on, on pretty much every bet. You know, we had Steve Johnson. The Steve Johnson one was the worst, wasn't it? Uh, picked him up at about 2.45 to win the first set against Manorino. 6-3 up in the tie break. Loses the next five points in a row to lose to lose the set. One of them was an absolute sitter as well on his on his forehand. Manorino was just stood there at the net waiting to be lobbed or passed, and Johnson just dumped it in the net. Not not unusual for Steve Johnson, and I have to say, I've, I've he's got form for that. I remember backing him once to win a t- uh, first set against I think it was Nishikori in Indian Wells, and he was six two up in the tiebreak, and he lost he lost that one as well. Uh, it, it, it does happen with Johnson definitely, but you know a guy with his game. Big serve, big forehand, indoors. You would expect him to put that away, but he didn't. And then, obviously, we had Bublik as well, 4-2 up in the final set against Barrett, and then, for some reason, started doing his usual box of tricks madness, going for 200 kilometer second serves and hitting double fault after double fault. He ended up smashing, I don't know whether you saw it, ended up taking, ended up smashing one racket, and then he took another three out of his bag and systematically smashed them as well. <laughs> um <laughs> So that didn't go. Did he do more? Well. So, was you doing more smashing around the uh, the front room than? than I, uh, I'm used to it with him. I'm, I've seen it all before, and, and then we had Etcheverry as well. Our outright loss from 33 to one on in play, won won 12 more points in the match than than Zhao Sosa, 22 percent more second serve points and lost. So, but you get you get those weeks sometimes. Yeah. You know, when when things have gone really well for you, you are expecting at some point that things are going to go. Um, go badly but as long as you're in the right positions and i think there's still most of those were the right bets to be honest we just didn't oh, get well, the they're, all, they're all the right bets if we beat the book you just need a little bit of thing luck, luck to go away and unfortunately luck hasn't got its variance for you isn't it Best and eubanks as well but yeah he didn't he, he, he just forgot how to serve didn't he yesterday just awful but there you go what just, can you do? Um, before we go on to the remainder we're going to talk about tonight's matches and overnight's matches in dallas and cordoba but uh, before we yeah. talk about those let's just talk about how you deal with sort of losing runs. Now, we haven't had mm-hmm. the best of starts, uh, and, it, and I, I, I emphasise the word start. It's, uh, we're 8.66 units down on the season mm-hmm. so far. Uh, we had a pretty level uh, Australian Open, um, and you know we're, we're transitioning from different court service and lots of travelling, so we, there's a lot to play for, and we're coming to our own in the, in the winter months. How you know you've been in, you've been doing this an awful long time, and a lot of betters won't be will be watching this for the first time, and you know going going through. The, 
a run, they might give up. They might say, oh, "I'm not, I'm not going to bet anymore. I'm not going to do this." Um, mm. How do you, how do you sort of prepare for for losing runs, and you know, how do you take it in stride? And what sort of advice would you give to anybody who's watching this? I think it comes back to what I've been saying all along since we started doing this this podcast because we had such a great year last year, didn't we? Where we we didn't actually keep the profit and loss, but it would have been pretty huge wouldn't it last year in terms of profit and I, I said all the time you know you've asked me a few times and I've said you know we're, we're doing well at the moment let's enjoy it while we're winning and let's you know because it's not it's not going to stay that way and when you are losing I know it's it's tempting to just sort of throw your toys out the pram a little bit and sort of go oh I've had no luck it's you know I, I'm just going to give up but it's just long term isn't it if you've got if you've got a long t- a record of of the bets that you've placed or the profit and loss that you've had over a period of months of preferably years, you know, you can see the little dips, um, the peaks and troughs and, you know, you have to accept them. It's like, it's like any, any form of betting, isn't it? You're not going to always win. You're not going to continue as fantastically well as we did last year all the time, every week, every month. That's just, that's just impossible. So you have to accept that, that losing runs are a part of this game and you just have to take them the same way that you take the winners, you know, just, just on an even keel. Like I've always said, you know, let's not get too excited about winners and let's not get too down about losers. That's it's easy to say, not so easy to do, but that's that's kind of what you got to do. Yeah, I mean, I've been betting sort of me myself, similar kind of age. But I'm probably a little bit older than you, I think. But uh, we've been bet a long time. I've gone, you know, I've been running a tipping service for for an awful long time. The one mm. thing that uh, people do is that they they don't bet to their bank. And they bet their unit and then they suddenly see someone winning something and they think, oh, this guy's going to be winning forever. And he bets and bets and bets and bets. And you should always adjust your bank. If you're you're losing a little bit and you you can't afford the same unit stake, drop the unit stake down to adjust your bank. So at the moment, Mm. if you are betting these things and your bank has sort of gone to a little little bit small, just drop your bank slightly. Uh, For me, I had 17 losing matches on the spin once in, in a tennis match, in a tennis like that was my ever losing run all around about even money. But my biggest ever winning one was about 24 winning matches on the, on the spin. And also during yeah. COVID, I, I was a hundred units down on soccer and I was getting slated by everybody, but we won, <laughs> we won on the season. It wasn't a lot. It wasn't a lot on the season, but a lot of people would have given up. Now, obviously you should give up if you, if you if your bank isn't good enough or big mm. enough to consent, but you adjust to your bank. And I think that's the key thing. Anybody watching this, this isn't a, a golden ticket that's going to make you loads of money you give up, which is giving our advice, giving you advice and giving you best picks and and beating the book. And a long term, you'll win. But if you are betting a little bit more than you should do, please adjust your bank and, and gamble responsibly. Okay. I mean, I usually, sorry, sorry. I, I usually just say one unit is 1% of your bank. Yeah. But people um, never adjust the bank when they lose. And then people never adjust the bank when they win. So if it's people, I think if it people depends have... on the strength of the bet as well, doesn't it? Some bets are stronger fancies than others, so you, you might bet a little bit more on something you fancy a little bit more. But I'd never bet more than a couple of units. Well, rarely do I bet more than sort of two or three units at, at the most, to be honest. Yeah, but the way to make money is if you adjust your bank when your bank you you you, you build your bank up and you keep to the same stake, but your stake gets bigger, but you're still betting to the percentage of your bank. And the way yeah, to protect it's the same percentage, your, yeah, yeah, it's just the way more money. to the way to protect your bank is to when you go for a losing run, lower your stakes to protect your bank. But people never mm-hmm. do that. People, it's very rare that people adjust their bank. They just keep doing the same, doing the same, doing the same, and hoping. Got to have a discipline. Yeah, you've you got have, to be disciplined. You have to have a staking plan. Okay, well, let's have a move on to the betting at the moment with Bet Rivers on these two. Tour- we're going to start off with the ATP event in Dallas. And these are the yeah. outright markets. And let's have a look at the outright markets there. Uh, we have um, 
Fran- uh, T- Taylor Fritz is plus 180. Uh, Francis TFO is plus 250. John Isner is $5. JJ Wolf is 700. Know both yourself and I quite liked him. Uh, Kekmanovic is plus yeah. 750. Uh, market dominated again by American players. Four Americans uh, dominate the top four in the betting. What are your um, thoughts on where we are in this tournament? Taylor Fritz obviously looked impressive. Francis TFO, very, very impressive. It's a, probably a tired McKenzie McDonald. Um, and obviously the big, sh- big shot was Wu. Um, to taking out Dennis Shapovalov, a, a pick that actually James Blake gave me last night that Wu could win that. So very well, well done, James Blake, and well done if anyone followed that. You're never that surprised when Shapovalov loses, are you? Really, it's his game is so it's 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 it's, it's very entertaining, flashy, great to watch. But there's no there's no sort of plan B. There's no really defence when that when those big shots aren't aren't coming off. And and Wu is a very solid player. Uh, there's a lot of injury problems, and but but playing consistently, good good length was enough to beat Shapovalov on the day, which is, doesn't come as a massive surprise to me. I never really know what Shapovalov's going to do. I don't think he does. Uh, Fritz hasn't played yet, has he? So we don't know how no. he's how he's shaping up. But TFO was was brilliant last night. I, mm. I did like McDonald to do something there with, um, but based on how much of a good mood McDonald would have been in after his Davis Cup first time Davis Cup won it. Beat Nadal at the Australian. Okay, Nadal was injured, but he would have been in in decent spirits coming into that. And he had a good record against TFO as well from from previous years. But TFO just absolutely blitzed him. He was brilliant. TFO. And if he carries on playing like that, TFO, he's going to win this tournament. I don't think there's much doubt about that. But is he going to carry on playing like that? You know, well, we let's don't know. Look, let's have a look at some of these uh, matches. And TFO is probably in the most interesting match. Of them all, we have uh, there's, there's six matches there to look at. The first game, uh, Kick Manovic minus three thirty five against Gomez plus two fifty. Manorino minus one eighty against Jordan Thompson plus one forty three. John Isner, great record here uh, minus two seventy eight. Daniel Umpmeyer plus two fifteen. Taylor Fritz in an All American clash against Jack Sock. Big servers uh, going at it on fast conditions. Looks like an over for me minus six seventy. Taylor Fritz in the favour. Uh, Marcus Giron minus one eighty two against Oscar Otto, another big server plus one forty five, and that game we touched upon there. Francis Tiafo minus two thirty five up against JJ Wolf plus one eighty five, and what is without doubt uh, the big game uh, in Dallas uh, in the next couple of days. Yeah, I mean, I, I haven't looked too deeply into into the Tiafo one because that's not until f- probably Friday afternoon, Friday evening. Um, but I've had a look at all the rest. Um, should we start with Isner against Altmaier? Yeah, sure. Um, I mean, it's he lives he lives around the corner from here from the venue here in Dallas, so he, he quite enjoys playing here. Seven of his last nine sets that he's played here have been tie breaks, one of which was a twenty four twenty two tie break against Apelka in the semi finals last year, which which Apelka won. Um, Altmaier has got very very similar, not not quite to, to the same extent, but a similarly poor return profile. Um, if we look at his matches that he's played in the last year. Uh, not on clay. He's won three out of 15 of them. Um, and he only breaks serve 11.8% of the time, winning 29.6% of return points. So his return game on the quicker courts is is not great. And if you're playing John Isner, who's pretty much guaranteed to play a tiebreak in, in Dallas, um, the obvious choice here is is a tiebreak. But it's so it's so short, isn't it? It's it's 1.38 chance, minus 263. Uh, for there being a tiebreak in this match, oh. which te- which tells you 
pretty much everything you need to know. I mean, if you must have been one of the lowest we've ever seen. Well, it's got to be one of the lowest I've ever seen. It's, it's short, isn't it? It's got, pretty much every set he plays in Dallas is a tiebreaker. His, his first um, match here was seven six seven six, wasn't it against um, Asung, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, Isner to win the first set seven six is a three point three chance, which is plus two thirty, which is very very short indeed, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, it's one of them where you just look at it and think. If you must have a bet, it, that's the obvious choice. But value-wise, it's no value at all, is no. it? But looking at the the profile of the two players, the, the stats of their return games, it's tiebreaks are almost nailed on there in that one. Um, if we look at if we move on to the the Fritz against Sock, and this is, could be initially I thought this might be quite interesting. Sock's done quite a bit of work in the off season. He's lost quite a lot of weight. Worked a lot on his fitness. I think he's he's kind of realised that he's he's let himself and his game sort of drift over well, the last few years. Worked his socks off. <laughs> you could say. Well, he says that. I don't know whether that's true or not, but he, he says he has. He said he's lost a lot of weight, but done a load of work, whatever. Um, Fritz beat him 6-1, 6-4 here last year. Um, would you say that Sock has improved in the last 12 months? Not really, unless this this thing that he's saying about being a lot fitter is real. And Fritz obviously hasn't played for a for about three weeks, hasn't he? he? Lost fairly early on in the Australian Open. There's a possibility that if Sock hits the ground running, he might he might nick the first set on a tiebreak or something. But it's not it's not something I would particularly bet on. Um, the other matches, I think Thompson against Manorino is interesting, purely on the basis that Manorino could be a bit leggy after after the Davis Cup, and he's obviously played one match already against against Steve Johnson. These guys have played four times. Manorino's won three of them, but all on grass. I just feel like, I'm not going to have a bet on it, but I just feel like Thompson might win this on fitness. Pretty much every Thompson match is a, is a physical battle, isn't it? He always makes it a bit of a, a, bit of a physical test. Um, I think what you've got to think about if you're backing Manorino as, as favourite here, I had to look at his record when he's been priced up in the price range between 1.5 and 1.7. And he's played... 66 matches in that price range at main level and he's won exactly half of them so he's losing your money straight away if you if you just take the ones that are played on indoor hard he's won 10 and lost 15 when he's been priced up in between 1.5 and 1.7 so he's lost you quite a bit if you've been backing him as favorite on indoor hard uh in that particular price range so definitely wouldn't wouldn't be backing manorin and manorin has obviously got the better form of the two Thompson for me is often very underwhelming, very difficult guy to kind of to get enthusiastic about. Um, but if I was having a bet here, I'd, I'd be taking a, a look at Thompson winning this two sets to one around about the plus 400 mark. He might win it on fitness with Manorino being a little bit leggy after Davis Cup. I like the look of that one. Um, anything else to caught your fancy? I've had a look at some of the others. Um, I've had a look at all of them, actually. Um, Gomez against Ketchmanovic. Now this is this is a match that Ketchmanovic really should be winning. I mean, Gomez is a is a good example of a journeyman, isn't he? Um, this is only the third time in his career that he's reached the last sixteen round of last six round of sixteen at main level. He's only done it twice before. Um, one of those was in uh, where was it? Los Cabos in twenty twenty one, and the other one was in Bogota in two thousand and thirteen. So ten years ago. So this is this is a guy that plies his trade mainly on hard courts these days on on the challenger circuit. Does okay, 
made a semi-final, I think, last week in um, in Cleveland. So he, he does all right, but at this level, generally found wanting, and he's never got past the last 16 at main level. So you would expect Kekmanovic, unless he's fatigued from Davis Cup, which he shouldn't be by now. He's got a late start. You would expect Kekmanovic to win that one. Um, have I got any more in... Yes, the other one uh, in Dallas, uh, Marcos Giron against uh, Oscar Otte. This is this is perhaps the most interesting one in terms of the prices. Giron made the semi-finals here last year, lost in a final set tiebreak to um, Jensen Brooksby. Uh, beat Fritz, didn't he? On the way mm-hmm. to that, um, on the way to that semi-final. Um, always find him a little bit underpowered on hard courts. He, he served isn't isn't the strongest, so he always he always needs to play really well from the back of the court. Uh, Otte, we saw him yesterday uh, in a wasn't a great match, was it against Eubanks? It was a, it was poor from Eubanks. I don't know whether he was nervous or what, but it, it he didn't he didn't play well at all. Eubanks. Now Otte started to come back a bit. I mean, last summer, if you remember, he had he actually was at a career high last summer, playing really well on the grass. Then he he got injured and had to have knee surgery last summer. So he's he's not quite got back his his old form yet. Um, he's three seven win loss on indoor hard in the last 12 months at main level, which is not not exactly inspiring. But some of that was was matches played at the end of last season when he was just coming back from that that knee surgery. He did admit, having played um Eubanks, that he was a, he said he he said, I'm a little bit tired and jet lagged having come from Davis Cup in Germany. And he's now got to play back to back days, whereas Giron's had a day extra after his first round match. So you would expect on the statistics um, of the pair of them over the last 12 months at, at, at main level on indoor hard and the fact that Otte is going to be tired and he's had very little time compared to Giron to, to recover for this match. You would expect uh, Giron to win that one. Yeah, Giron is uh, minus 182. So really, there's no official plays for us on this one for the ATP Tour in Dallas. Just a couple of leans and probably the lean you would say would be Jordan Thompson, would you say plus one forty three? I'm tempted with on? him two sets to one against Manorino. Yeah, it's a, it is a it's a bit of a theory. It, it, it might go well, it might not. I should just point out, incidentally, I was looking at the the, the number of underdog winners in Dallas. It's it's really it's really low. Um, there's only there's been forty two matches played in Dallas so far, and only nine of them have gone the way of the underdog. So only twenty one percent of the underdogs have won in um, in Dallas. I'm not I'm not particularly tempted by any of them today. I have to say, um, Thompson is a possibility on the basis that Manorino might be fatigued, but I can't make a serious case for any of the others. To be honest, I can see that Kekmanovic, Isna, Fritz, Giron, and TFO being a very very popular parley. I might actually have to take TFO out. I know we played really well the other day, but uh, I, I, I bet JJ Wolf. That's only a small little bet on JJ Wolf to win mm. this tournament, so I don't really want JJ Wolf to get beat there. So, but that parley could make sense when you think about the um, all the underdogs that are getting beaten here. The favourites winning quite convincingly. Just one thing I didn't ask you. You know, it, yeah. you know, it's fast. What is, what's the conditions? You know, is that the conditions as we expect? Very fast. Yeah, it's, the stats are a bit down. On last year, I don't know whether that's because there's not quite as many big servers here last year. I mean, Opelka played here last year and went all the way to the finals. So he, the fact that he did that and Isner got to the semi-finals, you know, there were two very big, very big servers in in the last four at, at least. So that the statistics are perhaps a little bit skewed by that. But this year, it's only been eighty-four percent holds and seventy-one 
uh, 0.2% first serve points won so far in the first 11 matches, which is kind of medium quick, I would say. But it, it, as I say, we've not had as many big servers playing this year. Yeah, not many mediums, uh, not many big servers, but the condition a little bit slower. But, you know, you look at those favourites, it's very, very hard to make a case for many underdogs. Perhaps the only lean we have is Jordan Thompson. And if you're going to you know, take the plus 143, you might as well take the $4 on Jordan Thompson to win 2-1. But there's no official play from Sean. He's got an official play for today in Argentina and Cordoba. But before we go on uh, to have a look at that play, let's have a look at the outright market as it stands now on Thursday morning. And Sebastian Bayes is now the favourite at plus $3. He's overtaking Diego Schwartzman, the number one seed, who is plus $4, who's in action later today against our pick, who is the full favourite there, uh, one Manuel Serendulo at plus six fifty, just behind his brother, Francisco Serendulo at $6. Albert Ramos Minoles is 800 Christian Garin come back to some form at plus 900, uh, Frederick Courier at uh, 1600, and Leovich at plus 1600 as well. Um, Baez won this uh, first round match and nobody's taken the favourite. There is a massive market negativity toward Diego Schwartzman. But, you know, we talk about sort of how, how bad, well, we're <laughs> talking about, like, you know, our, our sort of not our sort of not so great start to the week. But if uh, our 22 to 1 tip here is one Manuel Serendula can get the job or even get to the final then it all looks very different. And he's now yeah. a, a third of the price of what we picked him, tipped him up at it. So that's, that's, that's some positive news. Yeah. And he's, he's only played one set so far, hasn't he? So he's yeah. not, he's not exactly going to be fatigued. Um, I think the thing to mention about Cordoba this week, it's, it's been very hot so far, really hot. It's been like 34, 35, 36 degrees um, so far this week. And it's set to stay that way for the next few days. So it's, I think it's supposed to be 34 on Thursday, 35, on Friday and Saturday. Um, so that would make the, the, the court play quicker. It's out, it's like altitude anyway, 400 odd metres of altitude. Um, it's been 74% holds of serve so far and almost 70% first serve points once. That's that's not that's not too far behind Dallas, is it? Dallas is seven, just over 71%, I think I said. Um, and Cordoba almost 70%. So you should really be thinking about that, the, the types of players that, would appreciate that or wouldn't appreciate that. So you've got ex- fairly extreme heat and, and fairly quick conditions. Um, so that's something to bear in mind. That's that's based on the first 10 matches that have been played in the main draw uh, so far in um, in Cordoba. But yeah, I mean, Serendolo, if he can beat Schwartzman, which the, the bookies rate him a slight underdog, but it's, he's certainly got a decent chance. If you beat Schwartzman, then he'll get the winner of Pella uh, and Delien. And then probably Baez. It's not. It's not a daunting path to the final, is it? I think it's. I think if he beats Schwartzman, he's tournament favourite. Well, Baez hasn't exactly set the world on fire yeah. since Borstad last year. He's only won. That was only the second match he won since then. I think his, he, uh, his first I, match here. I think if he gets that job done, he's the tournament favourite. Let's have a look at some matches. We've got some selected games here. One of them we actually touched on. Uh, the other day, but we've got uh, Christian Gadding who uh, won at our expense. Uh, he's minus 385 against Wow Souza at uh, plus 285. Uh, Frederick Courier minus 159. Uh, Leavic against Ramos Vinodas, a game that we touched on. The money has come for Leavic. We did sort of highlight as a potential lean. He's now plus 108 to beat the veteran Spaniard left hander. Uh, Pella plus 190 against Delling minus 245. That 245 looks a bit low to me, but anyway. Um, Serendulo, Francesco Serendulo minus 167 against Delbonne uh, plus 133. 
Uh, Diego Schwartzman, big negativity for him on the outright market and also negativity in his match. He's minus 132 to get the job done against our tournament pick, one Manuel Serendulo, who's plus 106. Serendulo wins that. We think he could be challenging at the top of the market. And on game bet match on Sunday, we took 22 to 1 about him. And the final game is tournament favourite Sebastian Bayes, minus 235, against Barrios Vera at plus 185. Sean. You just take it how you see it, mate. Go through those games how you like and give us your insights and your potential bets. Yeah, okay. The, well, the first one is Garen, isn't it, on the graphic there? Um, I think the quicker condition certainly helped him against Martinez uh, in the first round. Uh, he's he's from Santiago. He's he's, he's a winner at Santiago. He's a, he's a winner here. He does enjoy playing in the, the altitude conditions. I was hoping that he was going to be a little bit fatigued after Davis Cup uh, in that match against Martinez. He didn't, he didn't have a have long to turn it around from playing at sea level in Chile to to slight altitude accordingly. Had a very short space of time to turn it around. Fell behind early on, didn't he, against Martinez? Martinez got a good start there, but ended up losing that first set on a tiebreak, and that was that was pivotal. I think if Martinez had won that tiebreak, he probably would have won the match. But after that, Garin started playing really well. Uh, you would expect him to beat Sosa, who I mentioned earlier was um, rather fortunate, shall we say, to beat Echeverry mm. yesterday. Uh, having been massively behind in all the statistics, I think Echeverry just he just got tight. I think towards the end, and Sousa got a little bit lucky with a few line calls, and the match turned on its head. I think both these guys would appreciate the fact that it's going to be a little bit quicker. I've, I've mentioned before that, that Sousa's best um, form recently has come in in quick conditions. He won Pune. He got to the final of um, I think it was, it was Gestad, wasn't it? At, uh, at altitude on the clay. Um, again, he's he's come from Davis Cup as well in in Europe. So, sir, said he was going to be. He said he was a bit tired after that very match. You would expect Christian Garin to win that on on form. And I had a look at his his record actually um, when he's been favourite uh, recently. And it's um, let me have a look at this. It's seventeen um, two win loss at main level on clay in completed matches when he's been priced up shorter than one point four. That's minus 250. Mm. Um, pretty impressive record, you would have to say. Um, it's, it's hard to really make a case for Sousa on this one. I'm not sure no. what you think about it, but I'm not. No chance. <laughs> not I, wouldn't make, I wouldn't get Garen at minus 385 either, but um, I think the way Sousa no. comes through his first round match, I think that he's, he's, he's very fortunate to be here, and Garen is only going to go one way. I think that win he had will give him some motivation and give him some confidence after what's been a dreadful a few months, so I think Gary wins pretty easily, but I wouldn't bet him a minus three eighty-five. Yeah, it's difficult to to back him at that price. And he has got a good record of that. If you are into your short prices, uh, second one's Courier, who there's been a bit of sickness around in Cordoba. He, he spent, he said he spent, I think Monday or, or Tuesday night in the toilet. <clears throat> courier after a courier, <laughs> it could have been a courier. I don't know what it was, but he he was sick. But then he came out and beat um, Montero. I think it was, wasn't it, in the first round. Um, based on the fact that he has been sick, and he said all he could eat was, I think he said rice and tea was all he could eat and drink for for a day or so. Uh, so they may, and the fact that they're playing 34, 35 degrees, that there might be a physical element in this match. But it's hard to make a case for checking Arto on on the, the head-to-head series, which um, Correa's kind of dominated, really well, not dominated, but he's got he's certainly had the best of on clay, winning one hundred and three point two 
um, combined service point return points one compared to 96.8 for checking artists. You would expect Correa, if he's fit, which he may not be, um, to win that one. Um, Lajevic, we, we touched on the other day, didn't we? You said his price has come in mm-hmm. uh, from what it was before. Uh, I was expecting that much to be played on Wednesday, but it's obviously it was obviously delayed. I think the quicker conditions there would can only help Lajevic. I don't think Ramos would want it quicker. He's 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 obviously a, an out and out clay man. Uh, I, I would expect that these conditions will help Lajevic in that one. We've already talked about it. Um, Pella is an interesting one, isn't it? Against uh, against Delien. I, I was tempted to back him in the first round against Vavasori because I'm not keen on Vavasori on clay. That's the I bet I like. That's the bet I would like. If I was looking, I'm just not I'm, sure about how fit he is after so I, I so the one, so long out. out I bet tennis. the one ninety Pella. There's yeah, nothing to be surprised that Delian wins this at two minus two forty five. Been in good form, Delian recently made the semis in uh, Concepcion. He's obviously come through qualifying here, beaten three decent players um, in the process. It's, I think it's all about fitness for me. After that, Pella just—he's had that long-term injury. If he's fit, then he's got a decent chance. But we really are guessing a bit. I think um, you like it. I mean, I, I can see why you like it. He's got three 0 head-to-head against Delian as well. I think, but it was from quite a few years ago. You know, a very different uh, situation now. Um, but the one I've gone for is uh, is Del Bonis uh, against Serendola. I mentioned a few times, um, I think it's probably on Sunday, perhaps Tuesday, uh, about the fact that Serendola's home tournament is next week in Buenos Aires, where he's got you know a really good record. I think he's won. I think I look at the stats on that one. Where was it, Serendola? Um, I can't find it. But he's, I think he's won twenty two out of his last twenty eight matches or something in Buenos Aires. Anyway, uh, he was playing Davis Cup, wasn't he, in Finland, and he had to pull out of the second rubber in Davis Cup because he had a, an injury. Now he's come to Cordoba the week before his home tournament, and he had a press conference um, a couple of days ago. It might have been yesterday, actually. I'll tell you what he said. He said, I'm still not completely well physically. I'm better than Sunday in Finland, but I'll decide hours before my match if I'm going to play. I don't want to force myself and miss the rest of the South America tour. I've kind of taken that to mean that he's going to save himself a little bit for Buenos Aires, his home tournament next week, rather than risk, him, risk himself here. He's already pulled out the doubles in Cordoba. Now he's saying, I might not even play. Uh, and he's got to play Del Bonis, who's come through qualifying, uh, come through a, a, a tough match in the first round, didn't he, against Alejandro uh, Tabelo. Um, I just think there's a few reasons to oppose Serendole here. I mean, the fact that he's already quit the doubles, he's, he's only won four win-loss here in Cordoba as well. Whereas his record in, in Buenos Aires is much, much better. He also lost to a left-hander in the first round here last year, Serendolo. Tablo beat him in the first first match um, last year here. And he's also only 2-5 win-loss against left-handers on clay at main level so far in his career. So there's a lot to like about Del Bonis's chances. I, I'm not... I'm not keen on Del Bonis on quicker surfaces. I don't think anybody is. He, he, his movement isn't great on the quicker surfaces. But this is a this is a late one. I think this is not before 6.30pm in the evening local time. So it's not going to be the full heat of the day. Um, I just think he can he can attack that Serendolo backhand. I, I can see Serendolo maybe giving it a go. And then if he's not feeling well on this right leg injury that he's got, I could certainly see him packing his bags for Buenos Aires. Del Bonis got a decent record here. He's won seven out of his 11 matches in Cordoba. Um, happy to take uh price of 
2.5 on, on Del Bonis winning this match. He, he, I, I could see Serendolo potentially retiring. Unfortunately, the plus 150 is gone now. It's uh, down Has to it? 133 with uh, with Bet Rivers and Del Bonis, and it uh, looks like it's even going to go lower. Uh, just obviously, mm. check the, 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 if he does retire, obviously you've got to make sure you check out the 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 ruling on the on the retirement for uh, for this for this um, if that happens. But uh, Del Bonis at plus one thirty three is Sean's official pick uh, for tonight uh, in Cordoba. No picks uh, in Dallas, uh, but probably a small lean for a potential shock in the Thompson match and Thompson to win two one at four dollars. So just the one pick from us. Um, Myself and Sean will be back on Sunday where we look ahead to the two tournaments, uh, which we're looking at the Buenos Aires tournament, which Sean has mentioned there, where Serendula will definitely be motivated for. And the Rotterdam mm. event, which is a big event in, in Europe, which Sean will be in attendance on later in the I week will. when we yeah. uh, when we come looking back. To so, yeah, looking forward to it. So Sunday, we're looking at the outright markets on those two. And then later in the week, Sean will be live courtside to give us uh, his picks and what, what he's picked up at the venue. That's going to be very insightful for us here in the season. Myself and Sean will be at a lot of events. We're going to pick up some, talk to a lot of people, get some insights, get some information, and you'll hear it here first on Game Bet Match. Uh, remember, you can download us on whichever podcast provider you preferred. You can also subscribe to our YouTube channel, uh, the Bet Rivers Network, and you can follow us on our joint Twitter page, which we share with all the fabulous handicappers here. On the Bet Rivers Network at because we win because unfortunately not having a great one but we will win long term there's no doubt about that and hopefully we'll be back on Sunday to celebrate a Serendulo win and not a Francisco Serendulo win we want a one Manuel Serendulo win and I think he gets the job done tonight against Diego Schwartzman. Sean, have a great day. Thank you very much for joining Thank us. You. Have a great My weekend. Pleasure. I'll catch you on Sunday night and uh, take care, everyone. Just remember what I said at the beginning there. When you are gambling, you do go through bad rums. Reevaluate your staking plan. Look at your pot uh, and, and make changes accordingly. And likewise, if you're doing well and we're doing well, adjust your bank accordingly. But if you do that, we'll be okay. Take care, everyone. All the best. Thanks for listening to Betting Weekly Game Bet Match on the Bet Rivers Network. 